Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. <laughs> I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we're two RV industry veterans who travel part-time. In a soon-to-be-had small trailer. Yes, indeed. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. We got word today that our trailer will be ready soon. Yeah, it is going to be completed today. We are recording this on the last day of November of 2022, so November 30th. It will be completed today, and it goes through PDI and all that, and then we may be going to Indiana. Or maybe they'll be delivering. Yeah. We're waiting to find out. Yeah, that's a variable we're still dealing with, but... Stay tuned. We're we'll going to be next our, week. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be RVers again. It's Yay! exciting. So, you know, we have been making lists, checking them twice. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm getting coal. Yeah, I think so. We've been making lists for holiday gift buying guides. And, you know, we did tech and we did safety gear. And today we wanted to list some books that are by RVers and for RVers. Yeah, we have had the good fortune of interviewing some pretty great RVers who are also authors and we're going to regurgitate yeah I mean we're going to bring back <laughs> some of those interviews in this episode but first we have an announcement we have a new sponsor to the podcast more importantly these people are people whom we've worked with that we have just been thrilled with what they're doing. And it's ABC Upfitters. And that's not Outfitters, that's Upfitters. Upfitters. <laughs> and they install Mastervolt systems into new Rockwood Mini Lights and Flagstaff Microlights. And other places too. Right, right at the factory. So they have been chosen by Rockwood and Flagstaff to put in awesome solar systems, right? Solar and battery systems. And we had that in our previous Mini Light. Right. And it was game changing. For sure. You might say, well, I'm not planning to buy a new mini light because I already have one or I have something else or whatever. We got you covered. Yeah. If you're curious about a solar system for your RV, that's another thing they do. So they install complete solar and battery solutions in RVs of all sorts. In fact, they just put a really great system into a class B, into a camper van. We have seen the installation work they did with a friend of ours, Rockwood Mini Light, and the thoroughness and quality of their work makes us really happy that they approached us and said, hey, we'd like to partner with you. And solar and battery systems for RVs, it's still a little bit of the wild, wild west. I mean, yeah. if you really know what you're doing, you can do some neat stuff. But I know a lot of people who have pieced together systems that don't work well. And that's not ABC Upfitters. They just do a solution that works well, and they will work with you to engineer such a solution for your RV, depending on how long you want to be out, what your requirements are, your right. RV. We'll show some pictures in our show notes of some of the installations we've seen. And also, we can put a link to episode 163, oh, yes. which was... 
for those of you who like video episodes, that was one of our few video episodes. Yeah. 163. We did a YouTube video and we also have the podcast episode. And so we'll put some links for that so you can read or hear or see or watch more about them. Yeah. So if you're solar curious or looking to really boost your ability to go off grid, I can't recommend them more highly. They're just terrific people to work with on every level. So welcome to the podcast, ABC Upfitters. Thank you so much for supporting Stressless Camping. Yes. So as Tony mentioned, we are going to play for you little snippets of previous episodes. And it is people that we have interviewed, authors that we have interviewed, that either write about RVing or not, but they are, <laughs> they, all of them have been RVers or are and are RVers. And we're going to start with Nick Russell. He was episode 19. So he was one of our early guests. Yeah. Yeah. In we November were so of- happy to speak with him and he has written several series of books. He has written several series of books and he talks about all those series, but what you should know is when he says, whatever, I have seven of those series know that that was three years ago so all those series are longer now and still just as awesome maybe more (laughs) yeah and so let's hear from nick about books you can read from him yeah nick russell has written 38 books to date including highway history and backroad mysteries Work Your Way Across the USA You Can Travel and Earn a Living Too The Frugal RVer Meandering Down the Highway, A Year on the Road with Full-Time RVers. And Nick and his wife, Terry, were full-time RVers for 18 years. Terry has written a book, too, a recipe book. Yes, Miss Terry's Kitchen. Nick has written both fiction and non-fiction books. So I think we will start with, well, let's start with the current books. You just finished another John Lee Quarles book. I do two, two series. I do Big Lake, which is set in a small town in Arizona where I used to live, and also the John Lee Coral series. And the two are similar but different. The John Lee Coral series is a little bit grittier than the Big Lake series. Yep. Uh, I have 17 books out in the Big Lake series and, like I say, seven at this point in John Lee. I have to say the the previous John Lee Quarles book, I it was just I, – I remember I was – I had something I was supposed to do, and I just told him, forget it. I, I couldn't – Put the book down. Yeah, Sweet Tea and Jesus. That one kept me on the edge of my seat. Thank you. That's quite a compliment. Yeah, I think I wore out the edge of my seat. (laughs) Holy cow. It was pretty intense. I I didn't see that coming myself. Many times when I start a book, I have no idea how it's going to end up, and sometimes I'm very surprised by what happens. (laughs) Wow. Wow, that's interesting. And for the audience, first of all, go and buy Nick's books. They're fantastic. They are, unlike some mystery books that I have read in the past, I I find it's very easy to follow your books and your characters. It's just, and I I have zero problem following your books. I really love them. Well, thank you. Thank you for so many books that I, I really enjoy. So Nick's books are basically murder mystery books or mystery books. They're detective series. The main character is in at least John Lee Quarles, who is a peace officer, and the Big Lake has the sheriff as the lead character. All of my books, the characters evolve over time. In the Big Lake series, early on, uh, the sheriff has a family tragedy, and he becomes an al- not an alcoholic, but he has a drinking problem, and it gets out of hand. And 
he has to deal with that and put that behind him to move on to the next series. So all of the characters evolve and grow over time. Yeah, and the and the family tragedy is you find out at the end what part of that, and it's just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> and that's a lot of a lot of these books. At the end, it's just like I'd pull out my hair if I had any. <laughs> Why I don't have any? Ah, okay. Well, see, that makes us good. Well, let's go to some of the books that have been around a little bit longer. Well, let's start with Work Your Way Across the USA. You have some neat tips. For people who, I know we get a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are what we call dreamers, people who are thinking Mm -hmm. of doing it, but then have to break away from some whatever keeps them back. And a lot of times I believe that's financial. Work Your Way Across the USA is a book that may help you alleviate that. That was one of my first books, not a guide to getting rich on the road because you're not going to get rich on the road. But it just covers a lot of ideas for people to make some money while they travel, whether it be a full-time income or a part-time income to supplement Social Security or retirement or whatever. I used to do a lot of seminars at RV rallies and and at uh, Life on Wheels when it was going on. And I actually developed a set of a seminar from that book, but it it discusses everything from working selling Christmas trees and pumpkins at certain times of the year to work camping in a campground to selling ads on campground publications, to a lot of other things that, that a person can do from an RV. And then, of course, now there's so many younger people who are moving into this field, and thanks to the, right. the digital age. Technology has changed so much for everybody. Another way to uh, extend your, your trip is by being cheap, which is <laughs> something <laughs> I've been accused of. Yes. Hence your other another book, The Frugal RVer. Well, again, this was one of my earliest books, and uh, again, it's a seminar I do at RV rallies and RV shows and Life on Wheels and that sort of thing. And there are so many ways. I, I always say that if if two couples in identical motorhomes left Nashville, Tennessee, on their way to Tucson, Arizona, uh, it's quite possible that one could spend twice as much money as the other couple making the same trip on the same route in the same kind of RV. It, you know, there's so many ways that you can save money. The biggest thing you can do is just slow down. You know, if you're running at 55 miles an hour as opposed to 65 or 70, your fuel, fuel mileage is going to be dramatically different. And yeah. lots of things like that. The other thing we talk a lot about, and and we actually published a booklet, uh, is free camping. There are so many places in this country where you can park overnight for free. They're not campgrounds. But there are city parks, there are county parks, there are RV-friendly businesses, things like that. Uh, We once did a trip from Tucson, Arizona to Traverse City, Michigan, and I kept track of everything. And we were also members of the Elks and the American, uh, I'm sorry, the VFW and the Moose Lodges. And using those and using free campgrounds and very expensive campgrounds, our total cost in a 12-day trip from Tucson, Arizona, to Traverse City, Michigan, our total camping cost was $32. Holy cow. Jeez. Wow. And you can you can still do that today. There's no reason that you have to pull into a campground and give them 25 or $30 a night if all you're going to do is sleep and go on the road the next morning. So we talked a lot about that. A place that you might want to see as you were meandering your way down the highway is Arizona. And you've written some great books about High, you know, things in Arizona, including Overlooked Arizona. What are we missing, Nick? Yeah, there are two books in the Overlooked series. I keep thinking I'm going to do some more, but I never seem to 
have enough time, yeah. but I do one book called Overlooked Florida and one called Overlooked Arizona, and it talks about the out-of-the-way places that most people don't know about in Arizona, or they just, you know, they drive right past places and never know the history that's right there at their, outside their car window. So there's there's so much to see. Arizona's a fantastic state. I, I grew up on the border, went away for a while, uh, lived in northern Arizona, lived in Tucson, was in the newspaper business there. You can have everything from high mountains and, and ski lodges to the hottest desert you can ever imagine within just three or four hours of each other. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's amazing. One of the books that we didn't mention, which was actually my first book, was is Meandering Down the Highway. Oh, right. That was based on our first year as full-time RVers. And I talk about actually our transition from being workaholics, Terry and I both. At any rate, I have a friend that lived up there who's a, a self-made millionaire several times over. And he said, you know, Nick, you got your butt shot off in Vietnam. When you were 36, you had a heart attack. How many times are you going to roll the dice before you crap out? Wow. Yeah. You guys keep saying you want to go do this. Do it. Do it now. And within three weeks, we had bought an RV and we were making plans to go. Oh, that's wow. awesome. But the book Highway History and Backroad Mystery talks about that, talks about all the preparations, getting rid of our stuff, all the things we all have to do before we become full-timers, and then about going on the road and learning and you know, our disappointments, our joys, the, the things we saw. And during that time period, my wife was diagnosed with stage four cervical cancer, and the first doctors told her she had six weeks to live. Oh, boy. So it talks. we cover getting sick on the road, what happens when catastrophic illness happens. So we cover all those things. If I were to tell someone who I want to learn to, I want to be a full-time RVer, I'm thinking about RVing, where do I start? I would hand them that book. Mm. You know, there's things that, that we talk about there, but we talk about the reality, the good and the bad. And it's not for everybody. No. So Nick just came out with a new John Lee book that I read in like <laughs> 45 minutes. <laughs> yes, Peggy Non-stop. wore out the edge of her seat yeah. as usual. Those books are just so good. So good. We kind of have to flip a coin to see who reads them first. We, yes. We tend to read on our iPad, but you can buy proper books or sure, whatever suits you. I like reading on a digital platform because it doesn't add weight to the RV right. or need space other than you know, the space on your confuser, whatever. <laughs> the next books we want to tell you about, we have not had the opportunity to interview, unfortunately, Alyssa and Heath Paget. They created The RV Entrepreneur, and they have written several books. Alyssa wrote a book called RVing Across America, and she describes it this way. A 20-year-old RV, 50 states, a broke newlywed couple with a dream. What could go wrong? <laughs> it's the honest story of a couple determined to chase their big, crazy dreams, no matter what challenges they face, and the growth that can only be found by pushing past your comfort zone. So it's a great read. It's just, as she says, just an honest story about taking a year off and traveling the States. She also wrote A Beginner's Guide to Living in an RV, colon, Everything <laughs> I Wish I Knew Before RVing Across America. Yeah, and then Heath also wrote The RV Entrepreneur, Build a Business Anywhere. So that's a book. If you're thinking, oh, what do I, how do I make money on the road? Right. I mean, they they did it, and they're really impressive. I'm going to say kids. They're both impressive kids. So. <laughs> we sound like old guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, we kind of are. I we think are. they probably are young enough to be our children. Oh, so. absolutely. <laughs> and then they both created an ebook called 50 Real Business Ideas for RVers. So again, if you're looking to build a business and be an RVer, then this is a good resource for you. I don't know why, but I still want to sell dips at community festivals and fairs. Okay. How's that for a business? Now it's a business. It is. I'd be, <laughs> people would be giving me the business. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Next up is Karen Musser-Nortman. She was first on our episode 37 in March of 2020. So again, all the series that she talks about are a little longer now. Yeah, which is really cool. Really great. This is another series of mysteries, but she has several. So without any further ado, let us bring Karen on. I am really excited to introduce to you all Karen Musser-Nortman, an author that I quote unquote met through, (laughs) I guess, Sisters on the Fly and Girl Camper websites, and who is a fantastic author who has a few book series. The kind of introductory one for us, of course, was the Franny Shoemaker Mystery Series, uh, because Franny camps a lot with her family. But then also the Time Travel Trailer Series and the Mystery Sisters, as series and then of course there's we'll we'll get really excited and talk about the new expanded version of the tips and recipes book yes welcome karen thank you i'm glad to be here it's a pleasure to have you peggy got me hooked on the franny shoemaker series and those books are basically franny goes camping and bad things happen (laughs) right I usually describe it as a group of senior citizens camping together who occasionally stumble over dead bodies. Yeah, that's 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 kind of my tagline. If uh, if I knew Franny as a real person in real life, and I knew where she was camping, I would make sure not to be there. Several people have said that. Yeah, you'd think maybe you'd stop accepting her invitations after a while. <laughs> Although right. they seem to have some pretty great meals. So Franny and her husband go with another couple and often bring grandchildren and such. And they they have some pretty terrific meals. What is the inspiration for someone like Franny Shoemaker? Well, Franny and Larry camp with his sister and her husband, which we do also. And people have asked if Franny and Larry are based on us. Uh, They never were. Uh, My husband, Butch, was a very laid-back person who never met a rule he couldn't break. And Larry is a (laughs) compulsive person. you know, he's a former policeman and he's very much into the rules. And so there's a lot of differences that way. But we do camp with, or we did camp a lot with my husband's sister and her husband. And they are both excellent cooks. They are certified Kansas City Barbecue Society judges. And so sometimes we would have to go with them to contests. We'd camp near wherever they were judging. Oh, bummer. And then we'd have (laughs) have to eat the leftovers. Oh, man. Man, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a real sacrifice. And they both love to cook. The other people we regularly camp with all love to cook. And we do have some fantastic meals. So it just seemed natural to include in with the mysteries. And starting with the very first one, I included, well, originally I put them at the end of each chapter, but then people mm-hmm. thought they were distracting there. So I ended up putting them all at the end of the book, but either a recipe or a camping hint for each chapter in the book. So all of the books have those. Right. And they aren't all my recipes and tips. Readers send them in to me. Oh, that's awesome. So if you see a name with it, it's someone else who got a free book out of it and (laughs) gave me a little help there. (laughs) But I really enjoy the stories. I mean, they're fun. I get a good laugh. They're very intriguing and and 
I have a fairly short attention span, so I have no problem following them. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it, you know, sometimes there, I've read books where I'm like, what? Yeah, some books are so hard to get through, and these books are just really easy to follow. And Tony always at the end, well, not always, Tony at the end sometimes says, I knew it. And sometimes at the end says, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes it excellent. It's perfect because you always think you're going to know. And then sometimes you just don't know. Yeah. But the the cool thing is, is they're great books to bring with you camping and they're about camping. So it's a natural combination. Right. Well, I started them right after I retired. We were going camping for the weekend and I'd just gotten a Kindle for Christmas that year. And so I thought I'll look for a light mystery to take along. And I thought it'd be fun to have something that was about camping. And at that time, there weren't any on Amazon. I couldn't find any mysteries related to camping. So I thought I better write some. Right. (laughs) I deliberately made them short length so they could be read in a weekend. And I also thought so many times when you're camping, you may be confined by the weather. You don't always have TV reception, you know, so a good book is absolutely a necessity in our camper. For sure. You just finished a new book, but not a mystery book. Well, it's it's a mystery if you don't know your way around the kitchen. (laughs) There's a lot of mystery in my world. It's not brand new. It's partially new. As I said, in the campground mysteries, I include a recipe or a camping hint for every chapter that's in there. So five years ago, I put together all of the recipes. Several people asked me if I didn't have them all together somewhere. So I put them all together in a from the first four books in a little paperback and eventually put it on e-book. But it was just called Happy Camper Tips and Recipes. Since then, I've written four more books so there's twice as many recipes and and so i combined them all so this new one actually half of it is what was in the original edition this is the second edition the ebook is out the paperback will be out in a few days yeah so if you're looking for great recipes for your next camping adventure this is a great book to pick up very excited to get it and lots of good hints i just love some of the hints that people have sent in you know things you'd never think about but are very practical. Your other series, Time Travel Trailer, which is a shorter series, but also very much fun to read, is intriguing because it's not only a little bit of some mystery, but it's also vintage trailer fun. Right. I'm in a couple of groups. I'm a member of Sisters on the Fly, but I'm also in a more regional group that's called Midwest Glampers. And the first time I went to one of their gatherings, they a lot of them have vintage trailers. And I had read read Stephen King's 112263 about that time which is a time travel book uh-huh. in that the time portal is in an old railroad dining car so i just kind of made the leap from there to i thought how much cooler it would be to have a trailer that you could haul around end up being a time portal yeah. and i used the 1937 covered wagon which i hadn't actually seen one until a couple years ago we were at the museum in Elkhart Indiana the RV museum Uh and they have one there. Oh. They actually were a very common 
trailer in the late 30s. But I wanted something that went back at least that far, was made at least that early. So that's why I chose that. And the Mystery Sisters are fun. They don't camp, but (laughs) they're still a lot of fun. (laughs) Well, and there again, it's based on reality. My grandmother in southern Minnesota and my great aunt Mary from Missouri, who taught phys ed into her 70s and did drive a Studebaker. She used to come up in the 50s and say to my grandmother, let's go to California or let's go to Connecticut. And off they go. And my cousin asked her about it. She said, you must really get along well to travel like that. And Betty said, oh, no, we argue all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that made a good start. In August of 2021, we got to talk to Mark and Julie Bennett. That was episode 112. And in the original interview, they give lots of tips on writing a book. Now, I'm not putting those in today because it's just too long of an episode and we just want to kind (laughs) of list the books that we are recommending. But I really recommend that you go back. If you are interested in writing a book, listen to episode 112 and they give great tips about writing. But let's hear about the books they wrote. We are with Mark and Julie Bennett, who together have produced RV Love, which has spawned two books, a website, YouTube series, and a class online. So welcome, Mark and Julie. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, it's so much for fun to be here with you, Tony and Peggy. Finally, we get to meet through the airwaves. Right. That's right. <laughs> Well, according to publishingperspectives.com, over 200 million people want to write a book, but you have done that. Twice. Twice. (laughs) Are we crazy or what? (laughs) Well, it's funny. I think it's something Julie's wanted to do since she was a little little girl. girl. She was always really big on reading. And now I even remember not long into our RV travels, we went to a how to write a book workshop. And I went to the workshop. She went to the workshop. (laughs) But the night before they had like a little welcome thing for, you know, friends and family to come along to support you through it. And I guess presumably try to sell them on doing the the workshop as well. And they did quite a statistic similar to what you shared about the high, high number of people that want to write a book. And we came home and Mark said, you know, I'm just, I'm just not one of those people. <laughs> I'm like, well, you got two now and your name's first. Yeah. <laughs> you know, two best-selling books know, in the RV super, space. And, you know, two very different personalities to those books too. You know, the first one, Living the RV Life, uh, The Ultimate Guide to Life on the Road, more focused on extended RV travel and this RV Hacks, the new book. 400 ways to make life on the road easier, safer, and more fun. It's just a, such a much lighter Easy and read. easier read. You know, someone that can just pick it up and. Yeah, yeah pick it up, yeah. flick to any page, any chapter, pull out a hack, you know, and share it with someone, share them around the campfire with friends. That's how we picked a few of them up, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can see. We all learn from each other, right? right? RV Hacks is a book I would recommend somebody reading with a stack of post-it notes yeah. because you're going to find some that particularly will help you you out and you can put a post-it note on that page and point to it yeah even we do that i've got my copy here sitting here right now and it's got all these different color post-it notes because sometimes you know people say well what's your favorite hack in this chapter i'm like oh and i quickly can go to my color-coded post-it notes and it's hard because it's there's so many that there's so many in there it's like well how do you pick that's why when people say what's your favorite hack i'm like oh don't ask me that that's too bad why don't you ask me what my favorite kid is come on right that's yeah, exactly right exactly right peggy yeah but yeah. writing books writing books are worked well for us you know julie's an amazing writer and we work
work well together on these projects. You know, we, you know, divide and conquer, divide and conquer on them. And, you know, the publisher doesn't give us a ton of time on these books. <laughs> no, as well. you know, <laughs> we have other friends that are authors and they'll, their publishers will say, Oh yeah. So in two months, years, two years. Yeah. Put together this book. And our publisher comes to us and says, Hey, all right. Well, you got six weeks. We'd really love to see <laughs> oh, man. a book on this topic. Sometimes it's less than six So we end up just dropping every single other thing and just focusing entirely on these projects mm-hmm, and work sure. big hours to pull it together. But it, it, we end up, we're really happy and really proud of what we've been able to produce and because it's getting a lot of great reception from both the public and from the industry. This is, you know, more of a how-to. Yeah. More factual. It's not like a memoir or biography or anything like that. It's I uh, share some of our personal yeah, stories. Yeah, share personal experiences. To but it's to demonstrate, to demonstrate a, right. an example so that people can really, it's to guide people through making the right choices for them. So I would assume the best place to start is on rvlove.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can find us in all of our links to everything from there. And there's a lot of great articles on there too that'll really help. And there's a you know search tool you can use to find some things you're looking for and things are in categories to make it easy. But yeah, you can pretty much type in RV Love and find us everywhere. And where are places that you can find your book? Well, both both books are available pretty much everywhere. You know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Apple Books, even you know, Kindle if you like them digital. But they're in print and digital. RV Hacks and Living the RV Life is print, digital, and now audio on audible.com. But uh, you know, the usual anywhere you web book, good books are sold, and uh, there are a bunch of links on our website rvlove.com forward slash RV Hacks, and that links to all the various retailers where you can find it. Great, sounds good. And I encourage you to go out and buy both the books because they're both terrific. They are, yeah. Well, thanks so much, Tony and Peggy. Really appreciate it. It's been lovely chatting with you today. You Likewise. Too. Next up is Michael Boink. We interviewed him in episode 159 in July of 2022. And once again, we will put links to all these episodes. Michael wrote Born to Wonder, and he talks about why he titled it that way. (laughs) And again, in our original interview, he gave a lot more detail about how and why he wrote the book. But let's just hear about the book. We have the privilege of having Michael Boink with us. And Michael has been an RVer for eight years on the road with his wife and two children. And Michael has written a book called Driven to Wonder, Mm W-O-N-D-E-R, which is sort of a compendium of his travels in 126 chapters. (laughs) Yeah. Michael, welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Driven to Wonder. Let's talk, first of all, about the title, because it's not Wander with an A, but Wonder with an O. I think the very first thing I write in the book is, yeah, you probably think I made a typo. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, the title actually came to me, I I was most of the way done with the book and just did not have a title I was happy with. And we had a visit back to Michigan. We're in Missouri and we had a visit back to Michigan scheduled. I'm like, my only goal for this 12 hours on the road is I want to come out at the other end with a title for this book. (laughs) Along the way came Driven. I'm like, I like Driven because it's got two meanings to it. And then uh, Wonder came along. I'm like, I really, I like, I've really gotten charmed by the word wonder. You know, wandering is kind of a means to an end. That's, you know, you can wander without purpose and you can wander without meaning. But the wonder is what we were really after. It's kind of why we started traveling. We were curious about what was out there. And then once we got out there, the other definition of wonder is, you know, 
admiration, amazed admiration. Yes. We found that for people and we found that for, you know, national parks and just a lot of different situations. So that, like, that drive kind of settled it. I'm like, I've got my title. I'm going to have to explain it probably, but I'm happy. With it. One of my favorite aspects of the book thus far is how you chose to decide where to go. Mm. Yeah. And there's a, a bunch of factors. If I don't have to grab my copy to remember them all. People have asked, were you, did you plan your route, you know, out in great detail? Did you just get up and start driving? And the answer is all of the above at different times. There was a number of factors. Hey, look, you know, these people are three, 400 miles away. Let's just head that way. And if they're still there, when we get there, we can hang out again. Right. Or was there a national park or, or something on the map that looked interesting that we wanted to go see? You know, what was the weather? I, I remember very much trying to get home to Michigan from Florida one year and playing like leapfrog. Go, 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 stop. Wait for a weather for, you know, weather system to go through. Go, 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 stop. Okay, wait for those hurricanes to go through. Okay, now let's break for home. Yeah. You know, even, you know, the state of the RV tanks, like, you know, do we have full tanks? We need to dump somewhere. Then we should probably look for a private campground within a couple hours and we'll We'll spend the night and fill up the fill up the good stuff and get rid of the bad stuff and then take right. it back. <laughs> yeah, so. that's the reason we find campgrounds every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> was that freeing or was that stressful? Not really being sure where you were going to go next. Yeah, it was both at different times. Certainly. Yeah. I remember wanting to visit the Great Dismal Swamp. And a lot of people have not heard of the Great Dismal Swamp. I haven't heard no. of the Great Dismal Swamp. No, oh, <laughs> the it's, name uh, I, sells itself. That's exactly why I wanted to go. Like it's if you look at it, it's a big green blob on the map. It's out on the it kind of straddles North Carolina and Virginia. We have a national thing with dismal in the name. I need to go see this. <laughs> I just remember trying to get there. It was a puzzle of weather. There wasn't there weren't like great camping options. So you're like, you know, do I pick this park or that park? It seems like we needed laundry done. So there was just, there, I remember just feeling like it took me a day to figure out where we're going to go to visit the swamp. Then did it live up to the promise of... It did. I, I found it fascinating. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many, you know, crisscrosses of history that all intersect there. If you're trying to fill up your passbook of national places, there's a place to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, probably not nearly <laughs> as crowded as Yosemite. <laughs> probably not. I mean, it's not quite the same, you know, things to do there, but, uh, but it, was, it was a memorable stop for us for sure one of the interesting things that i've learned about how you wrote the book it was not so much written as you went and experienced these things mm -hmm. but more sort of looking back on your photo album of some fifth i think fifteen thousand. yeah fifteen thousand pictures <laughs> wow wow pretty trigger happy with the camera <laughs> our next author is nathan pettyjohn and nathan wrote a book called travels with hafa where he rented an rv and took his new puppy on a road trip. You can listen to the original interview and see how Nathan combined his tech life and his dog life on an epic road trip. So that will be episode 66 in October 2020. And again, we will put a link to that. Nathan Pettyjohn is an author of the book called Zen and the Art of Admin Tasks. And he is a regular contributor to Forbes. And he is very much in the media and technology business and CEO of a digital strategy company, and then took quite a departure on the heels of a breakup and decided to find meaning through adventure. He rented an RV and explored the Pacific Northwest with his dog, Hoffa. So now he has a second book called Travels with Hoffa, and I'm sure it's quite different from his first book. <laughs> and while 
I have thought a lot of times how wonderful it would be to pay an assistant or be a paid assistant. We're not going to talk about those today. We're going to talk about you and Hoffa. Although we do recommend reading Zen and the Art of Admin Tests. Right, I did start reading that, and I can't get past the first page that says, what makes you think your emails are more important than the CEO of a big corporation? So I need to do some soul searching first. (laughs) So welcome, Nathan. It's a pleasure to have you here. It's awesome to be here. Thank you. One of the reasons that we wanted to have Nathan on is not just the book, Travels with Hoffa, but he basically got an RV and traveled up and down the West Coast, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, a little bit. It was kind of a last minute. I've done a lot of last minute traveling, but a lot of just kind of like international travel. And I like going out on the road, but I had this dog. So an RV sounded like the kind of thing that I could take him on. And I had just read Travels with Charlie by John Steinbeck, which Uh is an amazing book. So it really inspired me too. And had you ever been in an RV or around RVs before? Yeah, when I was a kid, my dad had an RV. I grew up in Oklahoma and there was a few years where we would take the RV out, but I was never driving it. And even the last five or six years, I haven't even owned a car. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. So it it was a big difference to driving that thing. Right. That's pretty brave because you live in Southern California, which is the car capital of the world. Yeah, I work remotely and I can Uber if I have to go some places, but usually I'm just kind of like sitting at home. Ah, okay. Or I just walk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's so much cool stuff there. So you rented an RV? Is that how that came about? Yeah, I looked at different options, those kind of places where they have a bunch of like a fleet of RVs that you can rent. But I ended up going to one of those websites, like uh, I think Outdoorsy was the one I worked with. Like an individual listed his RV to rent and you can rent it directly from them. Uh And this just takes a percentage. I like doing it that way because even though I'm kind of a newbie in, in the space, that person that I rented it from was very experienced and gave me a lot of good tips. And he had you know, upgraded some things and put in a nicer bed. And it was nice. really like a homey kind of uh, cozy feeling. What was it like driving? You know, I mean, I would imagine you hadn't driven anything of that size before. It was kind of scary. It was a lot easier than I thought driving it on the highways and stuff. But as soon as we had to you know, navigate curves and mountains and snow and <laughs> ice and wind, it got pretty scary at some points. <laughs> And so then you decided to write a book about the adventure. Yeah. So I had taken some notes on the trip. I didn't take it thinking I would write a book about it. I took some notes while I was on the trip. And then when I got back, I didn't really touch it. It was last October. And then during quarantine, I just was kind of like bored and... (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I got nothing to do. I'll write a book. (laughs) They closed the beaches here. They closed everything. So we couldn't even go outside. So during the month of April of this year, I wrote the first draft. It was kind of just for selfish reasons, like to relive the experience. And I was sitting here typing it and it was... It was really cathartic and making me like happy remembering all the different things that we'd gotten to do and made me want to go out on the road again. Great. Huh. Well, we heartily encourage that. So do you think that you will do that <laughs> a little bit more semi-permanently or once every few years or? <laughs> as often as I can. I'd love to buy one at some point, but I was looking today at some rentals again for this next month. You know, maybe not for as long as a trip, maybe just a week or two, mm-hmm. but I definitely want to go again soon. I loved it. Excellent. That's good. How long was the trip that you took with Hoffa? It was like 23 days. It sounds like you predominantly stayed off the main roads and went kind of the back roads to see the more unique and interesting aspects of this country. Yeah, I tried to. I still went to Yosemite and Yellowstone and those other places, but you know, after Zion, it 
kind of just dawned on me that there's thousands of places in this country that are beautiful you can take pictures of and enjoy. You don't need to stand in line to do it or to go take the exact same picture as everyone else to put on social media. So yeah, I mean, just unplugging for me was really important, even though I write a column about innovation and technology and my company is about social media marketing and stuff. I write a lot of articles about why you'll be happier if you unplug and why social media is bad for you and those kinds of things. (laughs) Did you write those kind of articles before that or do those articles come from that trip? I wrote those articles on my Forbes column over the last couple of years, a recurring theme where I'm I'm always saying this is bad for you. (laughs) (laughs) Read this and then turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) Opportunity to unplug is always what I'm looking for. Yeah. And so where can people find your work? Since I have the digital side pretty locked down. So if you just Google my name, everything will show up. Nathan Pettyjohn. And we'll provide a link in our show notes Mm -hmm. so people can find you a little more easily. And definitely pick up the book of Zen and the Art of Admin Tasks because all of us could use a little help with getting our stuff together, so to speak. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, Travels with Hoffa. Hoffa. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And we'll put a link of where you can buy that too. Yeah, I don't know what uh, the experienced RVers will think of it, but... Hopefully for people that haven't done that, they'll read it and consider taking an RV trip. Well, and everybody had their first time. So experienced RVers, if they give you any side eye because of the mistakes you made, they are being unfair because (laughs) we've all had a first time out there. Well, and by the same token, you go to these workshops or seminars or whatever it happens to be, and you see somebody mention a point or do something, and that's something you've known for years, and you just forget it. So it's great to see ideas and travels and people might pick up places where they want to go or learn more about traveling with dogs or you know it's always just fun to see other people's experiences and kind of learn from that perspective right yeah no i love the kind of mindset that you guys put out and like a big theme of the book too is i talk about bucket lists and this idea that you know we always think long term or like after i retire i can go do these things or something and Mm -hmm. the bucket list is like way off in the future right before you die or something and i talk about with the dog and so it's a, it's a little bit longer of a story but you know basically the point being like you should go do those things immediately or right now or, or find ways to do them because you know, like covid's a great example or the fires in california where you can't go outside it's like you never know what tomorrow is going to bring or if you can go outside and do these things then so just kind of seizing the moment and saying the bucket list doesn't need to be way off in the future how can i go do some of this right now even if it's only a one-week trip or something getting out of the house and unplugging is so beneficial for you right Yeah, I completely agree with that because tomorrow's not guaranteed, as you said, and you never know what's going to happen in the future. So it's good to enjoy as much as you can today, including reading great books. I see a lot of people now are are saying, well, I have to remote school my kids or I have to remote work. Why do I have to stay home? Why not take the home, put some wheels under it and go see what I can? There's a great book about that called Vagabonding by Rolf Potts about the art of long-term world travel. And he talks about bringing the kids and doing those things and how they'll learn so much more anyway on the road than they would just sitting at home on PlayStation or something. Right, right. Well, Nathan, it has been a real pleasure getting to know you here and learning more about your travels. And hopefully our paths will cross out there on the road at a campfire in the boondocks. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it was a real pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Next is Heidi Dusek. We spoke to her pretty recently in September of 2022, episode 170. In the original interview, we chat about ideas for adventures that anyone can do 
anytime. Really worth listening to. But she also, of course, wrote a book called Beyond Normal, a field guide to embrace adventure, explore the wilderness, and design an extraordinary life with kids. You can find Heidi at OrdinarySherpa.com, and you can find her interview with us on episode 170. We have the privilege of having Heidi Dusick with us, who has created Ordinary Sherpa and also written the book Beyond Normal, a field guide to embrace adventure, explore the wilderness, and design an extraordinary life with kids. Welcome, Heidi. Thank you for being here with us. Yeah, thank you. It was so nice to meet you guys. So it's such an honor, the fact that I got to meet you in person, and now I get to be on the podcast. It's <laughs> yeah. Double whammy. <laughs> Heidi was an inspiration at the RV Entrepreneurs Roundtable, where we met her in person, and just a lot of energy and such a uplifting presence. Tell us how you came about Ordinary Sherpa. How did that come about and what's your focus? So Ordinary Sherpa was really a brand that was kind of crafted with my vision of recognizing how powerful adventure can be for families in particular. So when I had kids, I had been a pretty adventurous person. You know, I wasn't climbing mountains, but I was definitely traveling and skiing and hiking and biking, you know, like all those things outside. And I found so much value from that. And I knew that there was value in it for families as well, but we were, we're kind of told over and over again, like once you have kids, you got to settle down. Right. And so I was like, well, I think there's another narrative here that's not being told. And if I could inspire families to connect through adventure, that was going to be my jam that, you know, I'm just an ordinary mom at the end of the day. I'm not, you know, (laughs) climbing Mount Everest. I'm not winning, winning Olympic gold medals in anything like that, but there was something about this idea that I have done a lot of adventures and I saw the value. So if I can guide someone to reach a new adventure or to explore something different, then that feels like a value win for me. I suppose if you had been climbing Mount Everest, it might've been a more of a shift when you had kids. But if you're hiking and biking, then what kid doesn't like to do that? Yeah. And kids are pretty, they don't know, right? They don't know what they should be or shouldn't be doing at some point. So (laughs) we didn't really give them an option. We put all the kids on an airplane by three months or had them in skis by two years. And we just kind of was like, well, this is what life is going to be like. Come on, let's go. So they didn't know any different. And I think it's easy to, to say, oh, it's too hard. But really, we just made it work. Yeah. Well, I can tell you as a kid, one of the greatest memories I have is we would pack everybody in our old Volkswagen and we would travel all over the place. And that was, those are my favorite memories as yes. a child. We called it the Woody wagon, right? The station wagon, with like the <laughs> yeah. fancy wood panel and like camping and <laughs> never staying dry. <laughs> we remember so many of those experiences. <laughs> like you always woke up soggy, but it was so fun. We had so many fun, just authentic memories, I guess. Yeah. Many things yeah. didn't always go right too. Yeah. A lot of families tend to get caught up in, you know, day to day. And that's part of what your book helps steer them away from and to a better thing. Tell us a little about that. Like what, what are some of the great ways to redo your thinking about family vacation or adventure? So when I started this work, I was really finding what people were struggling with. In particular, you know, I really talked to a lot of moms in particular, you don't have to be a mom to do this, but talking with them, it was just the overwhelm of like, so how do I even start? Where do I begin? And it's really at the end of the day, adventure is a new risky, maybe uncomfortable experience. And so I worked with people on what I call the everyday adventure challenge initially, just like what are simple adventures that you could do today? 
and helping them get better at it, right? Because the more you practice, the more comfortable it gets. And then you try the next adventure and the next adventure and it becomes a habit. So the book was really to help frame that adventure doesn't have to be this big mountain, right? It can be these little things that we do every single day that builds this adventure habit, that builds this muscle to say, okay, this is uncomfortable. I'm going to get just a little outside my comfort zone and I'm going to grow. I'm going to learn and I'm going to maybe get resilient because of this experience. So helping work through that then, what were all the things that were getting in the way? Things like fear, things like time, things like money maybe, were mental models that we had to work through. In the book, I talk about a number of different examples. How do I work through fear? How much does it actually cost for our family to adventure? There's all these different ways you can think about the things that get in the way to adventure as a family. And part of that, you know, I think some people feel that the adventure has to be this huge thing, right? It's like, well, we've saved right. for years and we, we're going to, I don't know, Disney World, whatever it happens to be. And that's not true at all. For example, you could just seek out the little brown signs. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yes. I call those little brown sign adventures because there's a million things in your own backyard. And I think COVID in particular helped us see this, right? That there were all these different things that I'd never done in our community. We're within like 30 miles that were just magical. Well, how do people connect with you to connect with that resource? If you go to my website, ordinarysherpa.com, there's a Facebook group. There's a beginner's guide on tourism. There's a couple different ways that you can connect a little bit deeper and understand the work that we're doing over here. And from there, we can also access your book. Oh yeah, right. All <laughs> <See, laughs> that. That's right, I wrote a book. Surprise. Yeah, so the book was really designed to help people in this just managing lifestyle, mindset, that type of thing. So the book is Beyond Normal, A Field Guide to Embrace Adventure, Explore the Wilderness, and Design an Extraordinary Life. And that can also be found on the website or on Amazon. There's a lot of different places you can find that. And in the book, there's a lot of different ways to connect with me as well. So yeah, thank you for reminding me, Peggy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You said the book was the best business card you ever had. What's the process of that? How did you decide, I want to write a book and come up with that as a message? The book was a way to really put all of my learning, all of the practices, a lot of different ideas, a lot of different tools and things I've used throughout the year into one place. So it was easily accessible, cover to cover. If you had questions, you could still follow up, but it was a lot more... I guess, holistic perspective on how did we get to adventure? How do we adventure? In some ways, also introducing you to other adventurers or people that have come along the way. So the book was really a way to tell the story from start to finish. And it, it, you know, the story never really ends. Right? There's, there's a lot of opportunities that come from adventure, but it helps people follow your journey and your path a little bit further to dive deeper into the content and to practice some of the things that we've done throughout the years. Once again, the book is Beyond Normal, a field guide to embrace adventure, explore the wilderness, and design an extraordinary life with kids by Heidi Dusick, who has been our guest today. Our friends Jason and Abby Epperson from RV Miles, and also they do America's National Parks. They do a weekly news break, which we often share the video to in our weekly newsletter yeah. delivered right to your inbox every week. But they also wrote a book called National Parks Journal for Kids. Now, Jason and Abby travel with their three boys. And this book is geared towards kids ages about six to nine. And it's sort of a journal that's 
full of fun games, questions, challenges, and more for enhancing your national park visit. There's a space for four visits and they can be visits to any national park. Now we have had Jason and Abby on about full-timing with family. Yes. We can put a link to that, but we have not had a chance to talk to them about their book yet. So there is not a specific episode about that book, but we will put an Amazon link so that you can go and check out the book. Absolutely. And now that we've filled your brain, we want to also <laughs> fill your tummies. Yeah. We had the distinct pleasure of speaking with Kent Rollins. And if you don't know Kent, he does a very popular YouTube series on cowboy cooking and cast iron cooking. And he's just such a neat guy. But he also wrote a book called Faith, Family, and the Feast. Well, he also wrote a book called A Taste of Cowboy, Ranch Recipes and Tales from the Trail. Yeah, so without any further ado, we are very lucky to have with us Kent Rollins, whose cowboy cooking channel on YouTube has 1.2 million subscribers. There's a whole lot of people who really appreciate what Kent does and how he does it. In fact, the governor of Oklahoma pronounced Kent's chuck wagon the official chuck wagon of Oklahoma in 1996. He has a new book, Faith, Family, and the Feast, but also check out A Taste of Cowboy, Ranch Recipes and Tales from the Trail. And The videos wouldn't be complete without his wife, Shannon, usually behind the camera (laughs) as well as his official taste testers duke and the beagle kent welcome to the stressless camping podcast well thank you so much tony it's uh it's a pleasure to be on and uh you know i've i've camped most all my life somewhere what form or another and uh people ask me every once in a while now say you want you want to go camping this weekend i'll say no i believe i'm I'm just gonna stay at the house you know i get a lot of camping but i do love that people are connected to the great outdoors and what you can do in it but also the fact that you you can cook to me better outside than you can cook inside you have done some magical things with the cast iron and the dutch oven and such yeah and that's one of the reasons i wanted to talk with you is you have got some great tips for using cast iron and either on the open fire or here in california you know we do things a little weird Uh, there's a there's a lot of places that no longer let you have a wood fire but you can still use a propane fire and cast iron yeah we've got around uh, a lot of places to where you couldn't have an open flame and you know we'd either we most time would use hardwood lump because it won't flame up you know it'll just get hot but uh, I have used a lot of propane too. You have a great series of tips on cast iron. What kind of things can you do to make the cast iron last longer and take good care of it? When you look at longevity of cast iron and you you start with a a good product, whether that's something new that's been made in the USA, something that's handed down or something you brought back to life, it's always mostly maintenance. You start with uh, being clean and seasoned well, and uh, when you get through using it, you clean it then. Don't wait. Iron will always clean up best right when you get finished with it. And we use a lot of just hot water or steam and a soft bristle brush, and it'll come right back out, and then you go back to the heat source and make sure that it is good and dry, and then let it get hot. And then we, we have started, Tony, using a lot of avocado oil. I really like it. That grape seed. Use flax seed for years and still do on some cast iron that's uh, 
really bare and needs a good foundation but over time it will get a little brittle so we go with a lot of grape seed and uh, avocado but the old stuff that i have that's been with me since the 70s all it ever sees is about a tablespoon of olive oil and you can see yourself in it. but it's mostly <laughs> just clean it well dry it well heat it season it it'll last forever I really appreciate how you acknowledge the troops and the people in service in this country at the end of your videos. And so I want to tip my hat to that. Yeah. Well, you know, when we come up with a new cookbook, we wanted it to be something that, that was sort of God given to us. And that was family. Family has always been big. My family brought me up to know how to cook and uh, to know what to do. And really the joy of cooking is not so much the cooking part as it is watching the people around you eat it. And my mother always told me when we gathered at the table, sure, there is a great family here, she'd say, but it is not the legs of the table that hold it up. It is the family around it. And uh, we always uh, paid great tribute to that. Through all our YouTube comments and everything like that, I I figured out that we have a large faith-based American-loving people. So that's sort of where the title comes for the new book, Faith, Family, and the Feast. And if people have it, you know, I'd like for them to read the dedication in there. It sort of means a lot to what the book is about and what it means to us because it's, um, we did, we did dedicate part of the book to the veterans and the service men and women. And, you know, we're grateful for all the sacrifices the individuals and the families made that we have the freedoms that we do to live in. And um, I never take a day for granted. Uh, that is a free day. And I never take Shannon for granted or the love that we have for each other. That's awesome. And and you can actually, on your website, kentrollins.com, you can get a signed copy of Faith, Family, and the Feast, oh. which is cool. We sell a lot of cookbooks off our website. And Shannon is so talented, whether it be on the computer or with a camera. But she's also a great baker. I can remember when she first come along and she'd never cooked anything in a Dutch oven. And uh, we were catering for a group about 200 that night. And she said, what do you want me to do? And I said, I got the bread made. You're going to cook it. And she said, well, I haven't cooked any bread since cooking school. I said, I'll be right here to help you. (laughs) It was like my daddy used to tell me, I'm going to put you on the horse. You're going to learn to ride it. So I just sort of walked off and left her. And she did just what I expected her to do. And that was get it right. But we took so much pride in both our cookbooks because they're all ours. The pictures she took, the stories are mine and hers. She shot all the food pictures, but also all the ranch and scenery pictures that are in both books. And she always told me it was a whole lot easier to take a picture of a cowboy than it was something about food. Uh, Yeah, they're beautiful books. And so I encourage people to get themselves copies and also join you over on YouTube. The videos are both educational and just really entertaining. I I always like that dance at the end of the food. (laughs) I don't know really why I ever started that, but I can remember in the kitchen when I was little and my mother sort of started me cooking when I was about nine. She'd say, that make you feel good enough to dance, don't it? You know, food's supposed to make you happy and when you can share it with family and friends, you've got the greatest recipe in the world for success. Absolutely. That's true. Well, as I said, I encourage people to visit you on your website there's a store there's a a scraper also for cleaning the cast iron a a wooden scraper that's worth getting too and yeah mesquite spatula yeah 
can't I can't thank you enough for making some time for us here this morning and wish you continued health and success and all the best and we'll keep our eyes out for you on YouTube. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it, my friends, so much and Peggy and uh, just uh, remember laugh all the time. You need to laugh at life as you go through it because if you don't laugh, it gets painful at times. Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) And as a good friend once told me on a ranch when we was fitting to break camp after about six weeks, he lifted a cup of coffee high in the air and he said, there's good ships and there's wood ships and there's ships that sail the sea, but the greatest ships of all are friendships and may they always be. And uh, I consider y'all friends and family, Tony. Well, likewise, and what a pleasure. Thank you, Ken. All right. God bless you and y'all have a great day, my friend. You too. To you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yep. Now you'll be able to find Kent on episode 56, which is in July of 2020. We will put that link, of course. One of the things that we posted this week on the Stressless Camping website is an article about our favorite finds on Amazon for Cyber Monday. Right. So there's all kinds of cool RV specific gadgets that we've written about or shared in the past and so there's an article called amazon cyber monday finds for the rver and we'll put a link to that in our show notes of course now some of these cyber monday deals might be over but perhaps not because some of them you know they say they're cyber monday or black friday deals and then they go to the end of the year or you know the middle of december or something like that so even if the cyber monday sale is over Still, these are things that are worth uh, worth looking at, even at full price. Well, yeah, that could be. And, you know, they're trying to milk it. So a lot of these deals, as Peggy said, are continuing. Yeah. We try to bring you one RV every week, but instead we're bringing you five. Plastic Fantastic. I get a lot of questions about the fiberglass egg trailers, for lack of a better description. And so this week I've posted my five favorites, including one that you legitimately could tow with a very small four-cylinder car or something like that. So there's a whole series of really interesting fiberglass trailers. I'll also put a link to a story of kind of how they all started. And get this, U-Haul even made a fiberglass yes, trailer in the past. that's right. So I'll put a link to that story, which has been really popular on our... Well, people like our articles, it seems, on the classic and vintage stuff. And we like writing that stuff. <laughs> but anyway, Plastic Fantastic this week is on our RV Daily Review section of Stressless Camping. And not on Stressless Camping, but <laughs> on a Stressless Camping podcast Facebook group... Our question of the week last week was, do you have any unusual holiday traditions? (laughs) And really, they weren't too unusual. People watch funny YouTube videos like the kid who's trying to take the insides out of a turkey and gets confused about its parts. Yeah. People that watch Die Hard and insist that that's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. I didn't say it wasn't. I said they insist it is. (laughs) They're right. Eating chocolate chip cookies. Now I have to say, maybe that's not a traditional Christmas cookie, but there is never a bad time to eat chocolate chip cookies. No, that's true. And we used to, every year, go camping at Doran for Christmas. This year, it's a little far away, and we still don't have our camper. Right. Although that obviously That may be changed by Christmas. We may be on the road coming home on Christmas. Yeah, that could be it. So really, if you live somewhere between Elkhart, Indiana, and Albuquerque, 
and you're on our route, we you might, might, be, we might spend Christmas with you. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so this week, you know, in the interviews, we heard about people who visited national parks and ideas about that. And I was just curious and not necessarily park. I, I, what I like to say is your favorite national place, because some are called monuments or, you know, whatever, other kinds of things. So what is your favorite national place? And you can answer the question of the week at our fun and friendly Stressless Camping podcast, Facebook group. Whew, man, such a long name. <laughs> also, you probably know by now that we have a once a week newsletter. And it's free. It's absolutely free. All you have to do is sign up the first time you come on the website or at the bottom of any page when you're visiting the website. We have links to stories and videos and podcasts that will help you get the most out of your RV experience. And of course, we only send one email a week, period, and never share your information. While you're on the Stressless Camping website, you can find the show notes for this episode, episode number 179. On the podcast page at stresslesscamping.com. And those notes will be extensive this week because we're going to link to all those other episodes. And while you're there, don't forget our discounts and deals for the best deals on things you'll need on your Stressless Camping adventure. As ABC Marketing did... If you've got a great deal for our audience, let us know, and we're happy to share that. Of course, we're in all the social places, and if you start at StresslessCamping.com, you can jump off to all those places with the little icons at the top right of the page. Yep. And if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free to subscribe on any podcast catcher, and we are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. <laughs> and of course, a review will help others find this podcast, and the more listeners that we have the better discounts and guests and all of that that we can get so if you haven't left a review yet please do and boy do we appreciate the reviews such as this one ron and wendy wrote love the show really enjoy the great information in a fun platform my husband ron and i feel like we can relate to both of you thanks for all the great conversation and information heart <laughs> that's what we have this week if you enjoy reading I think we've filled your library for a good long while. Yes, and thanks for hanging in. I know this is going to be a really long episode by the time I get all those interviews in. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope you're enjoying a great holiday season. Thank you so much for being here with us. And most of all, happy camping. We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! <laughs>